Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. Shannon Reed, co-author of The Alt-Right Movement in U.S. National Security by Dr. Reed and Dr. Matthew Vlasic, featured in Parameters' Autumn 2021 issue. Retired U.S. Air Force Major General Charles J. Dunlap replied, disagreeing with Reed and Vlasic's article. His thoughts, as well as Reed and Vlasic's reply, are in the Parameters' Spring 2022 issue. Reed is an associate professor in the Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. She is the lead author of Alt-Right Gangs, A Hazy Shade of White. Velasic is an associate professor in the Department of Sociology at Louisiana State University. He's the co-author of Alt-Right Gangs, A Hazy Shade of White. Dunlap retired from the Air Force in 2010 after more than 34 years of service. He currently teaches at Duke Law School and is the executive director of its Center on Law, Ethics, and National Security. His 1992 essay, The Origins of the Military Coup of 2012, was selected for Parameter's 40th Anniversary Edition. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Shannon, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you're here. Your article talks about the white power movement and its history with the military from the Civil War to today. What was the overarching goal of your original article? So the overarching goal of the main article is to really bring attention to the fact that we have a white power slash far right issue in the military. And it's not a new problem. As you mentioned, we go back all the way to the Civil War, but that it is a area of focus that needs attention and cannot continue to be pushed out of the way as something we don't want to focus on. Military affiliated citizens supporting DVEs, that's domestic violent extremists. How bad is it? So that's part of the problem is that we really don't have any idea. The issue with not studying something is that we only have anecdotes and guesses. While Major General Dunlap said, you know, we're overestimating, the truth of the matter is we really don't know if it's an overestimation or an underestimation because all we're seeing is when somebody either commits a violent crime or gets in trouble for, you know, supporting white power messaging and is removed from the military. So all we are seeing is a a very tail end of what the problem is. But if we continue to say either A, we don't want to look at this because we feel like it does a disservice to, you know, the image of the troops, or B, assuming that we're overestimating because it's only a a proportion of the individuals who are part of these groups, really does not allow us to tackle the actual problem, but rather allows it to continue fairly unfettered because they know that no one is really interested in looking into it in a more in-depth way. Dunlap, in his reply to you, gave an example illustrating how he says the numbers are small. And he also notes that exaggerating the problem beyond what data shows, it dangerously erodes public confidence in the armed forces, it diminishes the propensity of minorities to join, and it gives succor to America's enemies around the world. You say your position is concentrated on the need for the U.S. military to finally confront this problem head on. What would that look like? It's sort of a multi-stage process. As you look at people who have talked about their involvement, either 
in the white power movement generally or in the intersection of the military and the white power movement, a lot of it has to do with personal, individual and group vulnerability. The same way we talk a lot about gang membership or you know, mental health risk, PTSD, suicide, just because it's potentially a small portion of the population doesn't mean that there are people who are not at risk for long-term consequences from this action. And so when we think about, okay, what would studying this really look like? A lot of it is trying to understand, are people bringing these ideologies or beliefs in with them and it continues on once they're there or are they sort of becoming and I use the word indoctrinated very loosely but you know sort of becoming wrapped up in this movement while in the military because of either what they're seeing or what they're being exposed to because that really impacts how we intervene and how we move to prevent further polarization or further extremism. But the bottom line is we don't know. So if we can get surveys or research done as people are coming in or coming back from deployment, so figuring out those points of inflection where risk is the highest, then we are able to develop prevention programs the same way we do for other, again, probably small numbers, but large impacts. So we don't dismiss suicide risk amongst the military because it's only going to be a small proportion, right? We take that seriously, or we hope people take that seriously. We try to take PTSD seriously. We take veteran homelessness seriously. And so dismissing something simply because it's a small number potentially is to give the people who are at risk for this behavior, no support and put them on a path that leads to a lot of risky behavior and can really change their lives in a negative way. There was some commonality in your views and, and Dunlap does agree. In fact, I'll quote here. He says, let's be clear about something. The military, like American society in general, needs to stamp out racism and white supremacy. In this respect, I believe Velasic and Reed have some ideas worth pondering. Do you have any final thoughts? Because they are the military, we sim similar to the police, right, where we've seen this issue in law enforcement generally, we are giving them extra skills and assets and a belief system that the far right is trying to exploit. And so they bring something to the table that potentially an average citizen doesn't. And so it becomes more imperative to really root out this problem because it's more than just racism. It's beyond, you know, I don't like so-and-so. And I know he talks about, you know, we don't want to cause a distrust in the military. But the problem is that distrust exists because these people are showing up on the news and are being seen at things like the Capitol riot or Unite the Right or Portland protests. I think it erodes trust more to not be doing anything about it than it does to try and expose a problem and say, we're going to move forward to deal with this in an efficient and effective manner. Thanks for joining me today, Shannon, and for sharing your thoughts on this topic. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Decisive Point and would like to hear more, look for us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcast Stitcher, and any other major podcast platform.